Welcome to this episode of the Advanced Southwest Iowa LaunchCast. I'm Todd Studer, and we are joined again by Nikki Ferguson, Manager of Entrepreneurial Development at Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation, and also a very special guest today as, Nikki, we're going back to Kitchen Council, which we try to do once a month, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I am as well. Um, you guys are in for a great treat. We've got a great guest, a great Kitchen Council member to talk to you today. That's true. Uh, Dan Benigno, a chef owner of Chef Around the Block, is joining us today. Chef Dan, thank you for taking time. You're a busy, busy man. You've got projects going uh, all over the region, uh, Omaha, Council Bluffs, and every place in between. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. So I am the chef owner of Chef Around the Block. I've been doing this since mid-2020, started in the middle of COVID after getting laid off of my previous job with uh, Guggenheimer, which is a corporate dining facility. I was the national executive chef for training and development there um, for about 14 years and then 16 years in other restaurants. So 30 years total in the restaurant business. Tell us a little bit about Chef Around the Block. What is the concept behind it? So Chef Around the Block is pretty much all satisfying all your culinary endeavors. So I do caterings for 10 people to weddings for 250, 300 people, cooking classes, I actually discontinued meal prep. There's other people doing better than that. And then restaurant consulting. I'm opening a pop-up location in Midtown Crossing and in-home personal chef. That was the last one. In-home personal chef. So if someone wants you to come into their home and make dinner, uh, you're going to help them with that as well. Yes. Yep. Where did the concept for a chef around the block come from? Where did you get this idea? So it was the lack of restaurants open during COVID and people still needing to eat and not wanting to cook. So I was doing the meal prep um, thing initially and that got my foot into the door. And then people were uh, needing food for hospitals. So I was doing the two uh, hospitals here in Council Bluffs for some overnight things that were donated by a local business as well. So. Uh, I helped feed the nurses, overnight staff, uh, and the doctors there. And then that turned into caterings that needed buffets and, and services that way. And it just kept evolving. And then people wanted to do cooking classes as team building. So I wound up doing online video cooking classes for a couple of businesses to kind of keep the morale together for during COVID while they weren't in office, but still wanted to have that bond, that team building bond. So I was doing cooking classes that way. Uh, and then as you know, still restaurants weren't full and people were still not comfortable going to restaurants, I would just go to their house and make dinner for them. So six to eight to 10 people at a time, and they would have close knit friend, you know, family over friends over and make dinner for them and have that restaurant experience without actually dealing with restaurants. As you were getting this rolling along, were you still thinking that this was just kind of a temporary thing to get through COVID or were you seeing the business that it was growing into? One of the good things that I've noticed in the restaurant industry is, is good chefs know how to pivot and adapt. And you'll see that frequently with, with successful restaurants is they will mold to how the environment around them dictates. So I could see that, you know, as my business was booming with the caterings and the cooking classes just kept picking up and picking up, there was no more need for the meal prep. So I asked that, stop wasting my time with that prospect, and then move on to something more lucrative, more efficient, more um, creative on my part as well, too. So uh, I could see this keep booming and booming. It got to a point actually where I had to, I was too broad, too 
diverse that I had to consolidate some stuff and maintain my sanity at, at that point too. So uh, the cooking classes has been huge. I have you know 10 in the next two weeks uh, on top of regular catering events and a wedding in a couple of weeks on top of that. So let's talk about those cooking classes. Is this a class situation where you've got a group or is it a one-on-one or how does it work? So all my classes are private classes. So it's whomever you bring. Usually I can only fit about six people in the kitchen council, teaching kitchen area comfortably. Uh, So I would like to keep it up to six. Most of them are just couples, date night type of thing. Um, Teach any cuisine you want to learn. I have a global culinary experience from my previous jobs with, uh, with Guggenheimer. And, you know, I'm doing uh, a French class for a 13-year-old today. I'm doing an Indian class for a couple tomorrow. Um, I'm doing a, an Italian pasta class for a birthday party for a bunch of teenage girls. Um, we're doing a, a pot sticker and ramen class for... Uh, a mom and her two older daughters, and that's all the cuisine flavors we're doing the next two weeks. So, When people come to you requesting uh, your services for a, a, a cooking class, do they have the idea of what they want to learn how to make, or are they taking suggestions from you? A little bit of both. Some people are like, oh, I saw this really cool dish, and I want to learn how to make it. I'm like, cool, what do you got? We'll learn how to, you know, I'll simplify it, translate it from chef to civilian speak, as it were, and and understand the process and you know as soon as you pick show you how to pick up a knife and how to actually dice an onion most minds are blown just right there and then by the time the two hours later and you're you have a plated dinner in front of you and you're eating it there people are just like baffled so uh it's really whatever flavors you want to try whatever regions you want to experience um i'll do the research on that simplify it execute it because it's really mostly about foundation building I'm not going to pull tweezers out and we're not going to decorate plates. I'm going to show you the foundation of this regional cuisine and why they use these ingredients to execute this dish. And then as you keep making those, you can build it, build off of that at home. But that's, that's the main goal is just basic foundation skill sets. Looking back over your culinary career, at what point did you start to think that you wanted to get into teaching? Because you're really talking about two different skills here. Yes. I've always been told... I was a good manager and being a good manager means a good teacher. You need to be able to train your staff to execute your menu properly, efficiently, effectively, regularly, as you, you know, restaurant is notorious for, you know, changing staff members, rotating that those cooks through the the door quite often. So being able to communicate effectively and efficiently is critical in that aspect. Once I realized that I wasn't turning over very much, I realized I was executing those training facilities very well. So you get enough people to tell you you're good at something, you start to believe them. So, When you're going through a class with, say, a younger person, such as you have coming up very soon, right. uh, do they ever talk to you about a career path for themselves going into that? And what do you say to them? Honestly speaking, I don't always recommend culinary school. Learning how to chop an onion, peel a carrot, and make a sauce, you're better off working in a restaurant to do that because you're going to get that repetition, that volume that you need to be good at it. Go to college, go to culinary school to learn business, learn marketing, learn being able to communicate effectively. That skill set in, in school and in secondary school, 
not necessarily how to chop an onion. That's actually very interesting because what you're talking, I would think, I'm, I'm a layman, I don't know anything about this, but if someone was going to culinary school, well, you're going to learn how to cook. Yeah. But what you're saying is no, there's so much more involved and learn how to cook by doing and by getting into a restaurant situation and just start, I'm, I'm assuming you mean start at the bottom and just work your way up that way. Yep. My first job was a dishwasher at a sizzler at 17 years old and by 19 I was a kitchen manager. So, you know, you just stick at it and I learned how to chop, you know, cut steaks from, you know, 50 pound piece of meat down to an eight ounce sirloin. So I learned that skill set there. I learned knife skills there because they, you know, stuck a 50 pound piece of meat in me and said, make it smaller. Whereas you're not going to get that in a, in a college setting. You're not going to get that at culinary school because they can't afford to do that. There's nowhere that meat's going to go afterwards. So being able to go to a restaurant, some, you know, chef tells you to cut 50 pounds of onions. You got 30 minutes, go. You're going to get real good at that real fast. And that's where that talent comes from. Tell us about your experience with Kitchen Council. So Kitchen Council has been very, they provided me a beautiful, beautiful space to work out of. Very top of the line equipment, a lot of opportunities there, and very appreciative of Kitchen Council and what they had to have to offer for sure. Pace Center as well on top of that. The regular events that I get to work with, the experiences that we get to do, the opportunities to create. You know, we do, you know, every fourth Friday there that we get to operate, you know, be a pop-up, pretend to be a brick-and-mortar restaurant. And then um, I've also helped facilitate the Art Dish program where we have a plated dinner in the art gallery on the fourth floor there. And we kind of bring in other entrepreneurs at Kitchen Council to help execute that dish as well. So that's always been fun. We've done two or three of those. How important do you feel that a place like Kitchen Council is uh, to the community, not just for Council Bluffs, but Omaha and the surrounding areas as well? That I've met several people now out of there, and they all seem to have this common theme running through them that, number one, they've got the entrepreneurial spirit, right. but also they have a passion, the same as you do, for the culinary arts. It's the opportunity that it provides. It's being surrounded by other like-minded people to help each other be successful where I'm not in competition with the 15, 16 other entrepreneurs on in the commissary kitchen. We're all a community as far as I'm concerned. We help each other out. I get text messages. Hey, Dan, can I borrow, can I get a pound of butter? Sure. Can I borrow, you know, half a dozen eggs? No problem. Oh, quick Venmo, $3. There you go. You know, compensate and we help each other out. You know, I help other entrepreneurs with sourcing and, and product, you know, finding new products and cost effect, you know, efficiency. So it's really just a good community based kitchen, not just a commissary based kitchen in my, in my view. What's next for Chef Around the Block? Chef Around the Block is going to be opening up a spot in Midtown Crossing to host local chefs from the Council Bluffs and Omaha area to do pop-ups out of. So it'll be an indoor space, 25, 30 seats inside, beautiful Midtown Crossing parks are all around the area. And uh, yeah, hopefully should be September is my goal, about a month. Do you feel that this particular area of the country, is there a certain style that you can identify in the Omaha area as opposed to, say, the Atlanta area or the New Orleans area? It's hearty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Omaha, Council Bluffs, Midwest is not known for their small portions. And they do like their rib stick and meals. I'll tell you that much. So meatloaf and mashed potatoes is 
generally a popular one, but they do enjoy the experimentation of other cuisines, global cuisines, for sure. They're never shy from Asian cuisines or Indian cuisines. They're never shy of, you know, Latin American cuisines. I think anytime a new type of restaurant food truck pops up, we're, as a, as a region, very good about helping support that local business. And I think one of the problems that we do for, we see that we don't really anticipate is that this area was at one point the most restaurants per capita in the country. Omaha was. And you get too saturated at that point where you have X amount of people in Y amount of restaurants. They can only go there so many times that we start losing those fringe restaurants. And sometimes that's unfortunate because those are the ones that, you know, are good, but they just can't always pivot and adapt to their environment, which is why we lose lose a lot of good restaurants. Just there. not the customer base just wasn't there. And the, just from sheer number standpoint, had yeah. nothing to do with quality. I agree. I, I, that's what I really think is some of the problems that we run into is that, you know, I can only go to that restaurant so many times. I want to spread my money out and then, you know, we just can't only go so far. So, Well, uh, Chef Dan Benigno, a chef owner of Chef Around the Block, thank you so much for taking time to come in. It's, it's fascinating stuff. I hope we get an opportunity to sit down and talk again. I've got, I could probably fill a couple <laughs> of hours here without even, without even batting an eye. Oh, I can talk about food and Star Wars all day long. So, <laughs> but yeah. And also Nikki Ferguson, Manager of Entrepreneurial Development at Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation, joining us today. Thank you both for being a part of Advanced Southwest Iowa LaunchCast. Uh, continued success, and we look forward to talking again. Thank you much. Thanks.